You're listening to Connected in Christ, where Jesus Christ is the connection in every discussion. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of Connected in Christ. I'm one of your hosts, Bridgette Heller, and I have a fabulous panel of amazing co-hosts with me who are here every week and who fight the good fight. I want you to hear their names and recognize their voices, so I'm going to introduce them. First, we have Coach Drew. Hey, everybody. And we have Giselle Taylor. Hello. Elizabeth Baker. Hello. And Miss Tanya Bentley Ward. Hello. (laughs) And hello, hello. We are glad you're listening. We're glad you're here for the season two, episode two. Here we are. And we wanted to just come right out the gate, apparently, and hit it with the real stuff. So we're talking mental health today. Mental health, what is it? Um, How does it affect your relationship with God? If you don't have mental health struggles, how do you support those? How do you hold healthy boundaries? We want to talk all the things around mental health. And I think I'm going to do something a little different than we typically do. I'm just going to ask Coach Drew right out the gate to start us off and talk about what is mental health? How do we define that? And let the spirit lead him from there. You want to take it away, sir? All right, let's do this. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, my background professionally is in mental health. And I've been in the field for about 18 years. And what I have learned, I've kind of melded it all down. So it's a very simplified working definition that I like to use about mental health because it varies across the board, across... uh, families and cultures and countries and parts of the world. So in some places, people would use uh, mental health in synonymously with mental illness. And while that may be relevant in some cases, not so much in others. Some people refer to mental health as something that you have in terms of you can catch mental health, like it's a disease. I have mental health. And that's one of the least, I think, functional ways to see it. So in light of the fact that everybody is different and God made us all wonderfully different, the way I use the term mental health is the degree to which an individual can optimize their functioning. You have a spectrum of a degree of mental health and wellness my intellectual capacity may be different than someone else's. So to measure my functioning against theirs wouldn't be wouldn't be fair. Sometimes we do a lot of comparison and then I judge how well I am or how well I'm doing based on how well somebody else is doing when their life, their body, their brain is not the same as mine. So it's not fair, not to say that one is better than the other, uh, because I do believe across the board, every human being holds the same value. We are priceless to God. We are valuable, but we are different. We don't have the same strengths. We don't have the same capacities. We weren't designed to be the same. So when we think about our degree of mental health and wellness, it's good for us to know ourselves. So when I'm rested and I'm well fed and you give me something to do, I will function in a particular way. But if I'm stressed and I'm tired and I'm irritated and I have a cold, my capacity 
to function is decreased. And so it's, it's important for us to be aware so that we can take care of ourselves. We get to nurture our nature. That's the way I see mental health. So regardless of its expression, the degree of intensity, the degree of crisis, it's important for us to know ourselves, assess ourselves based on what we know of ourselves, and then learn to care for that. This is interesting to me. I like how you put it. And when you think about how your body functions or how your mind functions, it's easy for us to understand. For example, I have two gifted kiddos. Well, let's let's talk hell or house fun here for a second. I have a gifted kiddo. I have one on the spectrum and I have one that is not either, but so ridiculously dedicated that she can achieve anything because she is a fighter. And so all three were put in a gifted class. However, their brains actually function all different because of these different pieces of it. So as you're talking about mental health and how we're all different and we have different strengths and struggles, I'm picturing these three kids and how their brains function differently. So how one would approach a report was totally different and there were different strengths and struggles. And so that made that for me was easy to be, okay, same thing with physical things. Some of us maybe have a lean frame. Some of us have a bulkier frame. That's going to give us strengths in some areas and struggles in some areas. So that makes a lot of sense to me, the way you described mental health. I really appreciate that kind of shift of seeing it in that way, because it's just, it's part of who we are and knowing who we are is the first step. I love that. Thank right, you so right, much for that. Right. You're so welcome. And the scripture that comes to mind for me, it might not readily look like it's talking about mental health. Proverbs 4, 23, that instructs us to guard our hearts with all diligence for mm. out of it flow the issues of life. Whether we look at them as life issues or life being issued from our heart, the very core of who we are, it's so important for us to value value ourselves as unique individuals enough to take good care of ourselves, to guard our hearts, to know ourselves and love ourselves. Because if we don't, we will be limited in experiencing all that God has for us, but we'll also be impacted by those external forces. So that's the scripture that comes to mind for me as I think about mental health in this moment. I love how you describe mental health because You've also said it before, it's like a spectrum and there's different places you can find yourself in, in different season as well. And for me, I always saw it like this huge thing. You have mental illness, like if someone's fighting depression, if someone's fighting these anxious thoughts and all these, the list goes on because our culture is telling us that's what mental health is. If you don't know anything outside of that, or you're not looking into it, you can find yourself thinking you don't have that or you don't struggle with it. But as a mom, I struggle with it. As a wife, I struggle with it because I'm trying to make all ends meet. And that's a lot of burden for one person to carry. And if you're trying to get your household running with husbands and wives, when they say marriage is 50-50, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Sometimes marriage um, is 80-20. Sometimes it's 70-30. Like it just varies depending on our season. And right now our family's in a season where my husband's probably, I'm 90, he's 10 right now. <laughs> he's going, he's a resident. And so if you know a resident's life, it's hard. And so a lot of the stuff falls on me. And the Bible verse I keep going to is Psalms 55, 22. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And it's, give your burdens to the Lord 
and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. And that I sat with that yesterday and I was like, wait, why am I carrying all this? Life is blowing up for the tailors right now. We have so much happening because of course I'm doing good by showing up here and recording season two of Connected in Christ. And I have a million other projects we're running. And so when you do good, Satan and the opposition comes for you. So we are fighting that. And when I sat with that Bible verse, I was able to think and see myself give it to God. Why am I carrying this alone? I'm not alone. In my marriage, I have myself, my husband, God. God is the one that I have to give all those things. And he helps me get through our marriage. He helps me get through being a mom, being a wife, and showing up in all aspects of my life. That one sat with me. Why are we holding on to so much? Yeah, he's he's good. He He's definitely here to help us, at, regardless of where we are in our moments in life, whether we're in the middle of a crisis or whether we're smooth sailing. He yeah. is there to partner with us and to help us bear our burdens. And I think he helps us to help others. We are instructed to, to care for each other or to carry burdens, help each other bear our burdens. So I'm glad we're talking about this because our understanding of mental health and whether it is something that is diagnosable or it's just something that, you know, your capacity is diminished because of stress or pregnancy or the loss of someone. We go through the life and we have these uh, experiences where we're not fully 100% able to function at our optimal capacity. So it's good that we can pick up on these things and be able to help each other, whether they're our spouses or friends or brothers or whatever the role is, it's an opportunity for us to be there and support. Mm. I'm really enjoying the measurement of mental health conversation here where it's like, there's no right or wrong. And I think that's something that it's a misnomer. It's a misconception that we have. It's either good or bad. My mental health is either good or bad. And for probably nearly 20 years, I lost my mom. I think I talked about it in season one when I was 18 until I was about 38 years old. I was so angry at God, but also I was angry at myself because I thought that I needed to be 100% before I could seek him. So the struggle that I had, and I think a lot of people have is that there is no right or wrong with mental health. There is no good or bad. There is no, you don't have to be perfect in it. And you don't have to live up to some other man's measure of what mental health is. If I'm feeling like I need to stay in bed and rest for three days to recover, but you may be living with somebody or having somebody else saying, well, you really need to get outside and you need to get some sunshine and you need to exercise or whatever. To Andrew's point earlier, it's not the same for everyone. Everybody's body functions differently. So it may be a nutritional depletion. It may be a chemical depletion. It may be a rest depletion. It may be a sunshine depletion, but it's not the same for every single one of us. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I hid, I went to a reclusive state where I probably needed people. I avoided people where I definitely needed church. I avoided church. So I avoided all of those things that I needed, but because I couldn't be a hundred percent in those things in the church for those people. I just stayed away from them. I'm really liking the measurement that you're talking about. And every single one of us as an individual has a different need every day for our mental health. 
every single day. Today, I might be dehydrated and need more water. Tomorrow, I might need to eat more apples or go outside. So what is mental health and your definition of that is brilliant. I love it too, because so first of all, no one's pregnant here. That was not an announcement by Andrew. I just feel like we should say that. When you said that, I was like, nobody's pregnant. <laughs> but um, second of all, one of the things I'm struggling with most, I go to this religious class every week that I love. The teacher is phenomenal. The conversation's great. It's Bible focused. It's amazing. And I feel like it's one of those things. It's a non-negotiable. It's that good, right? In my week. I, I do not miss this class. Um, but one of the things that's driving me crazy in this class right now is every time the teacher is trying to open up the help them go deeper with God. You know, you gotta, I said a comment, I'm like trying to all my thoughts. I said a comment about my mentor and Tanya's mentor. She told us no zero days, no zero days. And so I brought this up in the class as a comment of like, with God, there should be no zero days. God should always be in every day. And oh my gosh, probably 20 minutes of women talking about mental health and how when they're in their darkest places and they can't have no zero days and that introduces shame and on and on. And I'm thinking, okay, people, hello. If you listen to my other podcast, you know, I like I have anxiety, I have depression. I fight the battle. I know the battle, but zero, no zero days with God doesn't have anything to do with you're in your Bible for 10 hours and has everything to do is your heart seeking him in your struggle. And sometimes that looks like you said, Tanya, you're in bed three days and your heart is just like, Lord, be with me in this struggle. And sometimes that is what you've got, but it's intention. It's heart driven. That's what this is about. Uh, like you said, Tanya, there's this division. You got it or you don't. You struggle or you don't. You're either helping people who struggle or you struggle. You can't like, but it's not. It is a spectrum. And what we do each day, our intentions really matters. And being knowing ourselves, as Andrew said already, and working through these things, this is a very personal and deep work. It's a daily work. And it needs to have God at all times in it, even, and I will speak even when he feels so, so far away, that it's just a tiny light in the distance. You have to be looking to that light, seeking it, trying to understand how can I take one step closer to what I see out there in this moment. That is what the struggle I think of mental health is that you feel far from God. You feel far from love. You feel far from hope. And so on those days that it's hard, it's knowing today's a hard day. Not every day is a hard day. Mm -hmm. And I can and, do this. I'm not alone. And that is, that is really for me, what pulled me through was knowing there was a light, even though I couldn't see the light, mm -hmm. knowing there was a God, even though I didn't have a relationship with him because I was too angry, knowing that Jesus was an example, even though I didn't have a relationship. What I always fought for was moving towards what I knew could be there, the potential of it, having faith in it, even though I had no idea how to get there. I mean, I, the capacity to be able to heal um, your mind and your mental health and is unfathomable when you're in it. <laughs> I used to barely get my kids out of school 
uh, out the door to school. They were barely dressed. Their hair was barely brushed. The laundry was piled up to the ceiling, probably. Nobody had clean clothes. The dishes were dirty. The house was barely clean. I was barely making it. And so there was no way for me to predict 20 years ago where I'd be today and sitting here and having this discussion with you all, right? But when you get to the point, or if you could just get to the point of knowing that it can be better and moving towards that better and seeking that better for you and asking God to show you where the better's at, it shows up and he shows up. I want to add my thoughts to everything everyone has been saying. As I've been sitting here and listening and just really just being filled with so much truth from all of you. I was just thinking about my own experiences with mental health because I'm not a mental health coach. I'm not a expert in mental health, but I have like everybody else experiences that I can learn from. Like all of us and most of us nowadays, I've experienced the mental health struggle. I have been diagnosed with ADHD. And when you have ADHD, mental health is your life. It is trying to figure out how your mind works and fighting a society telling you that something's wrong with your mind when nothing is wrong with your mind if you have ADHD or other um, learning disabilities, I guess. I don't look at it as a learning disability, but some might. Um, and realizing that it's just different. It's not bad. It's not wrong. It's just different. And there's a lot of mental health struggles that, that comes along with trying to figure out why your mind works so differently. And a lot of anxiety will come into your life if you are trying to force your mind to work in a way that it's not made to work. And it is okay if you look at life a little bit differently, that you process problems a little bit differently or whatever the case may be. ADHD has come with a ton of anxiety and depression. For the longest time, I didn't even know I had ADHD. I'm 40 now and I wasn't diagnosed till I was 36. Big trial in my life from the time I graduated high school till I was 36 as I struggled with anxiety, really, really high levels of anxiety. And I didn't know what was going on. I went to doctors, they gave me anti-anxiety medicine, but it just didn't help because that wasn't the problem. And I struggled, I struggled. And during those dark times though, I really learned a lot and I learned how to use the savior in my life more fully. So yes, I truly believe that we have medicine that will help you. I have, I believe in therapists. I believe in doctors. Um, I I'm, don't subscribe to this idea that if I just pray hard enough, that these feelings of anxiety will just go away. I think that God works through other people to help us and other means to help us as well. But I have also learned that prayer and the word of God actually has played a big role. It's because of what Bridget and Tanya were talking about about the seeking that light that you know is there. Because in those moments when you feel dark, what's happening is you're feeling hopeless. And when you don't feel hope, it's really hard to function. It's really hard to feel motivated and you get into these depressed states. So when I'm in those depressed states, I like to repeat to myself truths. And where is the best place to find truth is in the scriptures. And truths about Jesus. And those truths, when I read them and re are reminded about the truths of the Savior, they get me to that next spot. They get me to that next step of getting out of that funk or getting out of that depression or that low spot that I feel like I'm in. 
Uh, Tanya, I really feel like I'm at that point where you are at. Like I sent my kids to school today. Their hair wasn't done. They barely brushed their teeth and all that. I have tons of laundry. I'm all there. But I do want to share with you really quickly scriptures that have helped me. So I am, as as I've said in the past, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And something that makes us a little unique compared to other Christian churches is that we believe in a book called the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. And I recognize that most Christian churches don't recognize it as scripture. So just please bear with me because the verses I'm about to read really, really help me. And these truths are found in the Bible. This is somebody talking about the Savior. And he in these verses, it says, um, For behold, my beloved brethren, I say unto you that the Lord God worketh not in darkness. So you have to remember in those darkness moments that these feelings aren't coming from God and that you have to seek the Lord as much as possible because he doesn't use works of darkness ever. He doeth not anything, save it be for the benefit of the world, for he loveth the world, even that he layeth down his own life, that he may draw all men unto him. Wherefore, he commandeth none that they shall not partake of his salvation. Behold, he doth cry unto any, saying, Depart from me. Behold, I say unto you, Nay. But he saith, Come unto me, all ye ends of the earth, buy milk and honey without money and without price. And so those are the verses I will go to when I feel especially dark, because it is a good reminder to me that I am loved. I am worth it. The Lord is there. He really is. And he wants us to seek him. And going back to what Tanya said about sometimes we feel like we have to be in a really good state of mind to approach the Lord, especially like in prayer or worship. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Like he's saying to us, seek me, seek me, seek me. And I think that is an essential part when you're feeling down. I love it. So many things are coming to mind for me. (laughs) I, I really appreciate how open and honest and transparent everyone is. I know anxiety, and that's one of the things I help people the most with. It's also one of the most common experiences of that spectrum of mental health challenges and crisis. Whenever you see somebody in a struggle, you can usually identify anxiety. I like to say I know it well from the inside out because it's been a part of my life as long as I can remember. But one of the things that I found about myself, whether I was feeling anxious and because when you can't change your experience of anxiety, you which is a picture of the future that's negative, right? Uh, my working definition is really simple. You picture the future, it's negative. You're going to feel anxious. You feel it in your body. Mm-hmm. And when you come to the point where you're like, I can't do anything about this, you feel trapped. And then you envision a future like that without hope, which falls into depression. And so we are desperately trying to fix things, to change things, to get out of this hole that we're in, when in reality, the gospel, which is so beautiful, is about Christ coming to us, coming into our situation. And I know we talk a lot about seeking him, and I'm finding that in those moments where I don't have the energy to seek. It's really about receiving and acknowledging that he 
is here and wants to be here. In the Old Testament, we hear it a lot. The word of the Lord came to me. The word of the Lord came to me. And then Jesus became flesh and came to us, right? There's this coming to us, which I think is so important that when we are in the hole or, or when we're in the darkness, one of the scriptures that makes me, you know, really, I don't know, not in love with Jesus, but impressed by God is that the darkness and the light are light to him. That's what the scriptures say. Like he functions just fine in the good and in the not so good because to him, he's still God no matter what. So I don't need to be taken as much as I want to be. I don't need to be taken out of my situation, out of my condition because it's so uncomfortable. That's my natural inc inclination. Get me out, God. But he's saying, let me in, Andrew. <laughs> let me in. Jesus is on the boat and there's a storm raging and he's taking a nap. He's He has peace on the inside. Well, he is peace. And I think that's what was missing for me a lot of the time, whether it was performance-based or just experiential. I don't want to be here. I shouldn't be here. I should be further along in my life. And now I'm realizing, oh, anywhere I am at any point in my life, he's there with me. And I'm good because he's here with me. And I, I love thinking, that you said that. Sorry, right. go ahead. You good? No, I was just thinking preach. Like, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Go. <laughs> okay, and I love that because when you said he is with me, sometimes he also sends people to physically be with you. I've been on both sides of it. I This week alone, I could have easily withdrawn from everything and just not want to do anything because things have been crazy. But I instead had to seek him. And when I did, I went to friends and I was sharing my stories that I was able to laugh through those stories. And sometimes I've been on the other side of that where I go to friends and if I saw a friend that I, they're, they were barely making it out of the house or anything, I'm the friend when I hear stories like Tanya or Elizabeth, when you guys are relatable and saying it's hard to get the kids out, I want to jump in and help. So God also sends those people that want to help you. And during those times, I know it's hard to get help. Well, I can only imagine it being hard to get help, but remember that God made us for community. It takes a village. We're not people that are meant to be alone. And God is with us, but he will send people to physically be with you and show you that they want to do the work. And so whether it's a prayer, they're praying over you, or it's physical, they come and help you. Hey, I will come and help you. Let's. What do you want me to do? Clean the house? What do we need to do? Go grocery shopping for you or little things like that. So don't push that help away because I have been that friend that I've seen a friend struggle. And it's like instinct that God tells me, go help them. And so I jump in and oftentimes friends will refuse the help, but I still show up anyway, or I still push through and just say, I want you to know I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of you right now or today. I just said a prayer. And so if you are on the other side of it, make sure you show up for your friends because um, that might be God nudging you, telling you they need you. And also, Giselle, going along with that, I think also taking time, even if it's just a little bit of service, when I personally do acts of service, even though I don't feel like it, it really helps get me out of those 
down places. It can be just something small. Not everybody is going to be able to make a five course meal for the neighbor who is sick next door, right? We're not in that mental place when you're feeling high levels, anxiety, depression, but maybe, I don't know, offer to take a neighbor's kid to school since you're going to school anyways with your kids. Think of service things that are actually really that play into your life. They don't have to be elaborate. They don't have to be complicated. But I have found that when I reach out to other people and I try to connect with other people in some way, I will find out that, A, I'm not alone. Other people are struggling too, and we can help each other out. There are neighbors out there that will help you if you're open to it. And sometimes that's really hard. And two, it oper- it opens up opportunities for you to serve others. And that can help you get out of those dark places. Absolutely. And I want to add to one of my favorite scriptures or scriptures stories in the world is in the new Testament. When the man brings his kid to the savior who has, I think it's like cerebral palsy. He has a disability mm-hmm. and he asks the savior to heal his child. And he says, do you have the faith? Can, do you have the faith that this can happen? And he's like, you can kind of hear it in the scriptures of like, yes. <laughs> and he kind of questions them. And he, the phrase that it's, it, it's like burned on my heart. When the Lord questions him, he says, help thou my unbelief. Mm. And I have found that so many times when I'm in these places, like Drew talked about, the Lord will come to you. But the problem is, is when you're in these places, we wear our fear and our struggle like a shield and we block him out. And so a lot of times having the courage to put down the shield and say to God, help thou my unbelief, because I don't have the strength on my own to receive you and your miracles and your blessings. Help me have that. That is the the next step, right? To inviting him in. I'm just, I'm really, really thankful or for this conversation, I've liked the spirit that has been here. It's felt healing for me as someone who wants to support people with mental health struggles and as someone who struggles with it. And the scripture that came to mind as, um, if that's like, okay, if we could leave with like, you got this, so what would the scripture be? And so when I'm looking down, that's what I'm always like scripture looking, but it was this one, Ephesians 5, 8, uh, this is King James version, but you are sometimes darkness but now ye are light in the Lord walk as children of light. That is who we are meant to be regardless of our burdens or our struggles that he wants us to walk in that light. And like Andrew said, he's not scared of the darkness. He'll be there in that too, because he's God, but we are meant to walk in the light. So does anyone have anything else you want to add before we wrap up? All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have thoughts, comments, scriptures that you love that help you through the struggle when you're feeling down or when you're feeling overwhelmed, whatever that burden is, share them with us. We would love to hear what they are. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, Connected in Christ. You can email us, Connected in Christ uh, podcast at gmail.com. And we would love, love to connect and hear from you. And with that, may the Lord be with you until we meet again.